Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right. From the Toxin Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you... What's behind the collar. Ah, uh, yes. That I, one. Yeah. Well, you did the first half and I forgot what it gets and then it was in the middle. Never mind. You'd think by October 2nd, Vicar, you have this down by now. Yeah, you've been in however many episodes at this point. You still right, you don't know this yet? What's <laughs> up with that? Well, it's like I need a time machine or something. Yeah, I felt like last week you had it down pretty good. We're, we're, we're like regressing right. a little bit. <laughs> You're probably still mesmerized by that football game this past Sunday. I can't you believe, believe that, that I know, right? <laughs> the fact that here we are like a month, be- month before the midterm elections. And then this thing happens. Oh, oh, what a, and this, what a surprise. This China and thing. and The China thing oh. is crazy. I know. I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming, Berg? You know, I just, I, I knew something was coming when I saw kimchi prices going up. So. Right. That was the first sign. Right. These gas and, prices uh, are down to like $1. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, like people calm down, you know. Hurricanes come and go. Doesn't mean there's global warming like way off the charts. Okay, just relax. You get hurricanes once in a while. Okay, so don't. Vicker, <laughs> are you all right? I'm all right. You look confused. <laughs> right. Well, I, it's like I got hit over the head and just woke up in a different time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good description of vicarage. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. What's the text for this Sunday? What are we doing? Well, as uh, today is October second, so, so I don't. We like, are talking. I, I don't preach anymore on Sundays hardly. So you know. <laughs> so yes, the text for this Sunday, October second, is uh, from uh, Luke, Luke, chapter seven, verses eleven through seventeen. All right. Go for it. All right. You know how this works after like 10 episodes, right? Oh, yeah, all this work I've done over all this time. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. All right, Berg, I know, uh, you know, from the last month or so, we've learned that you've been working on sermon titles. Yeah. So I've I've got a sermon title for you. Please. Here, hold my beer. (laughs) I, 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 I was thinking like beer time. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> of course, dear listeners, uh we're not saying beer as in B E E R. 
but B-I-E-R, which is uh, basically how they would carry people out to the cemetery. So while we talk about this, uh, Vicar, I'm going to use the app function, or Vicar, can you do a quick, uh, give us a maybe a quick look at uh, some fascinating things about Nain, if we know anything about Nain. Oh, okay. All right? Yep. So I think, first of all, you know how sometimes, Berg, then the fascinating thing about a text in the uh, the lectionary is is uh, after a leak week like we've just had in our country, and how amazing that here this text about death is just plopped in our laps after all that's gone on this week. I know it's almost like somebody planned it or something. Right, it's amazing. So, uh, uh, Vicar, if you have something about Nain, just uh, let us know. I like I, this because... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you finish. I, I have a sermon title I thought of. All right. Um, so what I like about it is this time is, uh, you know, we all need a little Easter, right? We do. I think. And uh, we need a reminder of, of what, it, what it's all about. And here it gives you, you know, a foretaste of the resurrection of Christ and, uh, and the power of, of Christ to raise from the dead. Um. What I, what I find interesting... While everything else dies, I mean, not just what's happened in the news, but also, uh, you know, if you look around, I mean, the trees are changing color, and it's beautiful, but everything is dying, right? Harvest is happening. I mean, right. in, in a way, it's it's the end. It's, an, it's the end of this season, but, you know. You know how people say they love fall? I don't like fall. Like, even even, like, a month ago... Like when September was beginning and it was starting to get cool, that like ah, oh, I, I miss. I even then, like a month ago, I started missing the warmer, hot weather. Mm-hmm. You all right, Vicker? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> uh, the days I've are getting shorter. There, yeah, they're much uh, well, Give us some worse. facts on Nain, please. All right, here's a few facts. It was a small farming village at Jesus's time, nestled up against Mount Mora. Uh, which defined the east side of the Jezreel Valley. And the, the town itself was somewhat off of the beaten path, and it was uh, access to it was limited by, to a single road. And then this was about 30 miles southwest of Capernaum and about 700 feet above sea level, and that meant that it required an arduous uphill climb to get to Nain uh, from Capernaum, and it would have taken at least one or two days to get there from, from Jesus' uh, beginning point of Capernaum. So what what the, 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 the Nain aspect gives me for, for for this discussion is Vicar. This is perfect for you, right? Because this is your first call. This is your first funeral, right? <laughs> A small outpost, like thirty mile right. walk uphill. That's probably how it's gonna go for me. Yeah. Yeah, but at least uh now that you've been working out for about six six weeks now, right been, uh, you'd be proud of uh, Vicar uh, Berg. He's been on the Carl Bullhagen lifting program. Good. Yeah. He's he's stuck with it now for six weeks. <laughs> Is he jailhouse strong now? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah he could he could survive a few weeks in jail prison now. <laughs> right. right, I can do a really good preacher curl. That should stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although you shouldn't talk about that, especially after this week. <laughs> That's too soon. <laughs> right. So this is uh, Jesus uh, raising the sun at Nain. Berg, do you know um, 
what I find interesting is you were not given really a clue in this text um, about because uh, we talk about death, you know, and the judgment of God in death. That's one thing I find fascinating about this is is uh, like where was this guy at? <laughs> he was either in heaven or hell. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and uh, that that's so that's one thing I, I find. You know what's really gracious about it is, I mean, having a real second chance. Hmm. Yeah. And not um, just for his mother, but for him. Right. Right. Now, uh, as you as you've been preparing the sermon, vicar. Um, one one thing you've been you've been good to point out um, in your sermon is is a, a woman in that situation is is it's not like a widow today, right? No, she had no means of support whatsoever. This was her last kind of earthly hope, and he's passed away. And so, yeah, she had a very bleak future in front of her, uh, in, as far as like uh, her her life and lifestyle that would uh, from that point forward. And and one thing you can say about the the church and the early Christian church is. They actually addressed that issue. I mean, they, they, who were the ones that were actually taking care of the widow and the orphan? The church. Yeah. Right. They were making collections for that, and they were throwing all of their resources together, and they had absolutely eliminated need completely, as the book of Acts chapter 4 tells us. They, no one had any need in that first century church once they combined all their, their goods. And uh, now, nowadays, we've, we just handed that over to the state, Right, right. Yeah, we can't be bothered. Um, and and the fact that uh, from the very beginning, with Christ obviously caring for his mother, raising the son, that does teach the church of caring for those people. And uh, all along, Christians have made, are the ones that actually wound up making good citizens. Right. You know? And, as, and especially this past month, way we've taken on the chin as Christians, you know? Um, right, Berg? Indeed. That, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about uh, Christians, uh, you know, we were the ones that built hospitals. Right. Orphanages. Schools. Um, a lot of the social services before the church came and, and take it o- took it over. Right. The government. But yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, even the schools, if you think about that aspect of it, um, where the education was a, a church thing and how... Well, the government said, well, we can obviously do it better. Yeah, can they? But that's kind of a digression digression from the the text. Berg, you had a fascinating... You were telling me earlier about uh, this title that you have of a sermon. Do you still remember what that title is? Yeah, so, I mean, I just love how un-PC Jesus is. Because Mm -hmm. it says here, he has compassion on this woman, right? And when we think of compassion... You know, we'd go up to somebody and say, oh, sorry for your loss. And hmm. da, 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 da. What does Jesus <laughs> right. tell her? Stop crying. <laughs> right? I mean, it seems like a very right. insensitive thing to say. And I think there's br- go, I, I, there's there, there's brilliance behind it in this way. Like, so compassion. So compassion. You're feeling with that person what they're feeling. Hmm. Right? Uh, so passion, the con with compassion, you feel what they feel. So when Jesus tells her stop crying, he's doing for his own relief. <laughs> huh? Yeah. What? 
Yeah, and because he sees the true nature of things. Uh, oftentimes, I think, you know, we our emotions also need to be regulated by the Word of God. Um, sometimes we mourn when we shouldn't mourn. And sometimes, you know, we're happy when we shouldn't be happy. And I think mm-hmm. this is a good thing here to remind us that, uh, you know, even at funerals, even in death, you know, we weep, but we don't weep like those who don't have any hope. And so our emotions also ought to be regulated by the Word of God um, because the Word of God shows us the true reality of things. So, Right. So, so for example, um, like I, I know in Nebraska there's a lot of corn husker fans who are just beside themselves after this month of football. Right. right? I mean just completely beside themselves what is going on we were once the best the cream of the crop football teams but you know your sorrow is misguided because there's a lot more to life than football it's true or you know i even think of queen victoria you know she loved her husband very very much and uh, when he died he died uh very early and she wore black for the rest of her life uh there is hmm. such a thing as excessive mourning uh, there is such a thing as excessive grief. There is also uh, a disturbing lack of grief. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that people try to do in funerals, why they want mm. uh, celebrations of life. And that is also misguided. Right. Because it's not looking at the reality of things. Um, this is why we must have uh, correct names for these things right because you know what are we celebrating about their life we should really be celebrating christ's resurrection and the faith Mm -hmm. that uh, god gave this person so that way they might rise again on the last day so so i i I think there there is i mean we see it in all aspects we see it on the death side where people almost have this naive well i shouldn't be sad i should just be happy and then they make jokes, and then they play, like, Highway to Hell when you're going to go out to the cemetery because mm-hmm. that was Grandma's favorite, you know, song. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which is pretty darn inappropriate. You know, let's, let's just be honest. Because, uh, <laughs> because even even Jesus, when he went to, to Lazarus and he saw everyone crying, he wept, even though he raised him right. from the dead. He still wept. I mean, that was a, obviously if Christ did it, it was a proper kind of sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's just good for us that the word of God doesn't just tell us what to believe intellectually, but it should also guide and regulate our emotions. Which, which is, is helpful when you're talking with someone who, who deal deals with, with either anxiety or depression because, um, and that's, I would say, the beauty of Lutheran theology is when they feel bad and they'll say that God, they, they have, uh, they kind of can misconstrue the, uh, who God is and what he's doing for them, whether, because when you're depressed, perhaps God feels like he's more of a judge or he is angry with you or why did he allow these things to happen? What Lutheran theology does is it says, all right, forget about your feelings for a moment. What does Jesus say in your baptism? 
You know, set aside your feelings for a moment. They're misguiding you a minute. What does Jesus say when he feeds you his body and blood? Um, what is he going to say is going to happen on the, the last day? And, and uh, the authority is in Christ and his word, and that supersedes the reality of your feelings, and it teaches you to take a step out of how you feel about things, and especially in times when it's warped, because even though it's hard, you say, well, everything feels bad, and, and there is no hope, and uh, to say, okay, I'm not going to argue with your feelings. Right. But what I am going to ask you is to say, well, what does Jesus actually say? What is truth in your thinking right now? How you feel about it is not the, the truth that's going to help you. The truth is what Jesus says. And the same thing goes on. Well, you can make that discussion when it comes to sin. Sin by nature feels what? Well, it feels good. It I feels think. good. Yeah. If it didn't, you know, if it didn't feel good, if the apple or the forbidden fruit, the garden wasn't pleasing to the eye, didn't mm-hmm. have the appealing of, hey, we can be like God, there was no temptation at all. Right. You know, and so because of that, um, how often do we hear nowadays uh, that, uh, well, it just, everything feels right about this. How can it be wrong? Um, uh, my love for this other person is so wonderful. How can it be wrong? Mm. Um, uh, when I, someone who's married and they say, well, this other person just, um, I fell out of love with my spouse and have fallen in love with this other person. Mm. How can this be wrong? Well, what are you, well, well, let's look at what God's word says. Right. Right. You know, it says, you shall not commit adultery. And I like the points you've made because you don't have to tell the person that they don't really have those feelings or that they have to change their feelings first. Like, oh, you're depressed? Oh, well, you have to snap out of that. I mean, that's completely wrongheaded to even say something like that to someone. But they don't have to change the way they're feeling because they probably can't. But -hmm. they can be pointed to the external reality. Even the person who's like thinks they've fallen in love, out of love with their spouse, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to address the feelings because you probably wouldn't be successful getting them to adjust their feelings anyway. But you point to the objective external word of God to evaluate the situation and, and exhort them to also. This is how, how when Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount teaches on worry, he doesn't, you know, say, why worry about these things if you have little faith? You know, he does address the, the, the worry that someone may have, but how does he address it? Well, look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. So in other words, look at what I I do. Take a step out of your worry. Am I going to let you go hungry? Hmm. You know, in that sermon, he also already had taught, did I not teach you that I give you your daily bread, that I deliver you from evil? Um, hmm. And so, and then when he says, seek first the righteousness, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, what is he saying? He's teaching you a kingdom in the Lord's Prayer. He taught just earlier right. that it comes from him. Uh, the, the forgiveness of your trespasses come from him. And you're seeking something that he has promised to give you, his righteousness. And so why worry? Well, that's all in Christ that he has already given to you. And then everything else is just added on top of that. And so how does he address it? He just says, okay, let's look at your feelings. Let's look what I have taught you. Let's look at the at the words. You may worry, but but let's look at the facts here. Hmm. Um, he doesn't just say stop worrying and is done with it. He right. point directs some reason why in his word. 
So, um, so, so yeah, this this. T- so go what ahead. hymns are you gonna sing? Um. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, I'm I'm gonna do a probably at least a couple of Easter hymns. Okay. Any in particular? Um. Uh. Uh. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, Vickers preaching. uh, (laughs) You know, Jesus Christ, my sure defense. Right. Right. Which would be a good one. If thou but trust to God to guide thee. Yeah, I was thinking uh, TLH five ninety eight. Who knows when death may overtake me, right? Because here you have a young man who dies in the flower of his life, right? Mm-hmm. And a hymn like this reminds us that we don't know when uh, when our own death will come. And I think stanza four is really helpful to us. Uh, Help me now set my house in order, that always ready I may be, to say in meekness on death's border, Lord, as thou wilt, deal thou with me. My God, for Jesus' sake, I pray, thy peace may bless my dying day. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's I like that because uh, when you look at the text, uh, he is not necessarily no one's prepared for that death, right? And if death could come at any time, if it can strike down this young man, right? Then. How do we best prepare for death? Is it having a will? Is it having life insurance? Well, no. Those aren't the main ways in which we prepare for death. The way in which we prepare for death is things like going to the Lord's Supper, right? Mm -hmm. Lord, let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, right? That Mm -hmm. when we sing those words, we're saying, okay, I'm ready to die because I've received Jesus' body and blood for my forgiveness. So, uh, you're looking at something there, uh, Vicar. Oh, I was looking up other potential hymns uh, to go along with the the gospel reading. So, here in the LSB, there's a handy index, including a section on death and burial. So, it uh, looks like, how about, Jesus lives, the victory's won. Uh, he's the firstborn from the dead. I haven't looked at the lyrics yet of the hymn, but I'm just thinking about what it makes me think of biblically, that uh, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. He rose from the dead permanently. Uh, so that we know for sure that we also will rise from the dead. Because the, the the son of the widow at Nain was raised from the dead, but that was a temporary solution, mm-hmm. right? Because we, uh, he grew old and, and passed away yet again. and uh, But he can look forward to the resurrection mm-hmm. uh, and to eternity now. And, and there is some Good Friday in this, in, in this uh, is as Jesus shows the authority over death, um, you know, it shows that he was... He was willing to offer himself as a sacrifice. You know, if he has the authority to raise this son, um, certainly he was a willing, willing lamb right. on the way to the cross. Right. He had the absolute power over death, and yet he submitted to the Father's will, even unto death, so that he could take our place and that we don't have to die forever, but to be, we get to be raised from the dead. And he proved it by himself coming back from the dead. Yeah. All right. I think we... I think yeah. we talked about this text enough. So uh, good. Um, uh, I was gonna do so. We were talking about uh, doing some news that bothers Burke, and I mean, there's so much that has gone on recently. 
you know, what, what, what if really Vicar has particularly affected you? Oh, uh, it's got to be the prices. You know, if you, you get used to the prices being one way and then suddenly things change and uh, hard to keep up with how the prices on things keep changing. Yeah. What about you, Bert? All right, so <laughs> how about you, Peter? <laughs> I just I just want my packages. I mean, <laughs> right? I, I tell you what, it's crazy, so. Right. Well, well, Peter, I, I can't believe. Uh, well, you're, you, since you, you do some gaming on your computer, that uh, that that uh, new game that came out. How is that? I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not really a huge fan of the combat system. I'm kind of not really a turn-based kind of guy. Oh. See, I well, think that's, that's so what much. I liked about it actually. So. <laughs> oh yeah. But then what'd I'm kind of weird. What do you think of the main character? Um, you know, ruggedly handsome. Um, I, I kind of like that, you know, you've got, you've got the ability to kind of, uh, customize and, you know, kind of do some class work there, you know? Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that the one though that has kind of the controversial, um, I don't know anything about games. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not very good at it, so I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I'm super looking forward to it. <laughs> my, my favorite game right now is, uh. A geoguesser. I love that. Yeah, that's what you said a couple months ago. <laughs> Did you ever play Geoguesser, Berg? Never have. Do you know what it is? I have no idea. So what it is is uh it it takes uh Google Maps, right? Yeah. And it just it just dumps you somewhere in the world on Google Maps, and you have to guess where in the world you are. Hmm. That's and there's cool. like a battle, battle where you can, uh, you can like uh, you, you play with other people on your phone, and you you kind of look at the the vegetation. You kind of look at uh, um, sometimes you can see like some a foreign language on a truck that's driving by. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you kind of go by the all sorts of the, the the roads, and sometimes there might be hints on what kind of lines are on the road. Well, you know, and I mean, that's a great game now since we're still kind of on lockdown. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. At, at, you know, after the events of this past week, they're going to have to change it because some of those roads look completely different now. <laughs> Especially after Thursday. Other th- since we were talking about news that bothers Berg, and there's so much to talk about, uh, Peter had the idea of, of uh, uh, the Pope has... Uh, has the Twitter. Hmm. Uh, does that at me, bro, or is that at me? What would that be? <laughs> Poe? <laughs> well, at apparently me, it's at me, at me Pontifex, because that's his at. It's at Pontifex. Oh. Wow. That's pretty classy. Wow. See, Pontifex sounds like a video game. See, yeah. the fanatics like swallowed the Holy Spirit feathers and all. You know, uh, the the Pope just like, Uses it for tweets, so. <laughs> so, Vicar, do you have this uh, this Twitter? You know, I'm I'm looking it up as a browser on. My, uh, I don't keep the app on my phone because I get mad at Twitter with all of its, all of his notifications and all of the the, the faux anger. You know, the only thing you can really do is be angry all the, all day. So I I don't tend to keep it on my phone, but I can get to it. Does it, Peter? Does the Pope have a TikTok account? Um, I don't know, but I hope he does dancing. If he does have, so uh, I think 
Berg, tell me, I want you and I to maybe rate some of his tweets, right? Okay. For and uh, for like, our, like, what are our categories here? I think it's just a subjective one out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So what's the just high sub- one? Is it one or ten? Ten, ten is good. One uh, is bad. Ten is okay. good. One is bad. Okay. So are we and, looking uh, more at theology? Or are we looking more at how? How about how much know. it bothers you? Since this is since uh, this is a uh, news that bothers Berg. So like ten maybe is super that's better. Bothered. Yeah. Ten is super bothered, and one is not bothered at all. Okay. Sure. Sure. And and so since we found out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how well uh, Vicar is at making voices. <laughs> a couple. It's been a few weeks now, but okay. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would like uh, um, for uh, Vicar to read these tweets in in the, uh, the accent of the Pope. <laughs> Do you have that ability, Vicar? I, I don't even know if I've ever ever heard an audio. <laughs> Yeah, what does the Pope sound like, Bullhagen? You want to give us an example? He sounds like, uh, um, he sounds like, remember, uh, since we've talked about video games, uh, Wario Brothers? (laughs) You think he sounds like Wario? I think he sounds like Wario. That would be hilarious. Wow. (laughs) 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 That was oh. that was Peter's first uh, uh, Game Boy Advance game, wasn't it? Wario Land Four, great game. See, I hmm. I was always uh, I was introduced to Wario on the what was it these Nintendo sixty four for Mario Kart with the joystick. Hmm. All right, so uh, so hit us with a tweet, Vicar. All right, uh, you know, just to be like a nice guy, I think we should only look at ones from you know a, a couple months or so ago. Which, yeah, uh, like. The, Maybe back the late August ones. Right. Uh, the, the latest tweets have been complete dumpster fires. <laughs> right on. So looking back, uh, here is one from uh, way back towards the end of August. <laughs> Let us pray together that the death penalty, which attacks the dignity of the human person, may be legally abolished in every country. And then hashtag prayer intention. Okay. First of all, the Pope gets... I was going to go with... He using hashtags hmm. kind of does it for me. Like, really? Oh, he uses a that, lot. They used to serve that's, a function. But. That that's what bothers you about this tweet. He uses a <laughs> lot of hashtags. <laughs> well, that that and I don't think he's ever read anything Paul's written. <laughs> that yeah, too. Something about like the government bearing the sword, and you know, right? Or the whole entire Old Testament. <sighs> yeah. So. But, but remember, <laughs> no, I have a theological question for you, Berg. Um, so as the Pope, is he tweeting on behalf of Christ? Is he the, you know, if you're a Catholic, is this like Jesus tweeting? No, um, because he, the Pope is only infallible in matters of uh, faith and um Oh, what is it called? Uh, life, and so like an ex cathedra thing is a huge deal. Like, it only happens rare, like rarely. I mean, he's gonna have like synods and everybody else do all this other stuff for him. So, and I have a question for Peter. Do you think the Pope is like an Andrew guy or an Apple guy? Uh, looks like he uses <laughs> TweetDeck. So, uh, 
I don't know what TweetDeck is. So that is. would be I think Blackberry? It's, I think it's an app. Hang on. <laughs> Windows Phone? It might be using a desktop then to use TweetDeck. TweetDeck desktop? It could Linux. be something for Windows. Linux. Or Linux, I suppose. See, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that these aren't in Latin. He tweets, right. he tweets sometime <laughs> in uh, Russian or Ukrainian. Don't you think, though, he probably has a vicar like doing it for him? I'm sure he probably has a lot of interns doing a lot of things for him. Right. So uh, I would give that one... Um, I would give that one an eight as far as bothering me. Yeah. I mean, when you directly contradict the word of God, that's uh, pretty el bado. And, and, and it's not like the first time the, the, the Pope has ever confused the, the, the two kingdoms. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's there's never, a time or two. That's, that's never happened. <laughs> it's right, it, uh, it's kind of like Parks and Rec where they're going to do the model UN. And it, they're like, well, you know, okay, Andy, you can be Finland. The bad guys from Mighty Ducks too? No thanks. Okay, you can be Japan. The bad guys from Karate Kid 2, even worse. <laughs> How about Germany? They've never done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Vicar or Peter's I've been, got a I've been doing some cur- curation. So I don't know if Vicar okay, wants to find one. All right, the Pope. Uh, okay, I see it. Discernment is demanding. Uh, that... That's not a good voice. Oh, I, I don't. You know. I'm... Okay. <laughs> You're probably right. Now I'm going to read it again, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, man. All right, I'm going, I'm going. Discernment is demanding but indispensable for living. It requires a filial relationship with God. God is Father, and He does not leave us alone. He is always willing to welcome us, but He never imposes His will. Why? Because He wants to be loved and not feared. Hashtag general audience. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things, though? That seems... Like a weird thing to say that he doesn't want to be feared. I, I would say this. I would say um, there is like a minute uh, truth in that. Okay. In in the fact that uh, um, he did not create us with robots. He gave us free will. Right. That we may love him. Right. No, I agree with that. Right. I mean, I agreed with what he wrote until he said he doesn't want to be feared. And it's like, well... It seems like we are supposed to have the fear of God, according to the Bible. Where, where are you at with this one, Berg? It's, that had a lot of big words for me. It's yeah. just mushy enough where you can kind of... It's like theological, you know, uh, Plato. You can kind of, like, if you try really hard, you can, like, make it work. But, you know, I don't know. It's, right. There's not a lot there. So, right. you know. So, what do you give that I one? Get, I I'll, I'll, five. I'll go with a six, just because it's it's a little wordy for for me. But I <laughs> I do agree. The vicar is right. I mean, you know, it's just. But even that, you could just say, well, that's that's servile fear. He doesn't want to be. You now, know, the fact that he blah, says blah, blah. he never imposes his will. I mean, he could say I think he does. You yeah. know, he he could say that he's talking about his good and gracious will that he doesn't, you know, drag you to heaven kicking and screaming like irresistible grace. Right. I mean, you know, that's what I don't like about this. It's it's got 
makes me feel kind of yucky because it's just <laughs> kind of like, I don't know what you mean, and I hate that. <laughs> right. It's kind of like when you're reading the first draft of a vicar sermon. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. Hey, I've gotten a lot better since then. That's right. You have. All right. You ready for another? I am ready for another. Okay. Let's oh, hear it. So Warrior. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I thought it was Count. I'm hungry for pizza now. I thought it was Count Chocula first. And I can't even eat pizza. All right. Marvelous. <laughs> The word of Jesus is a teaching that touches and shapes life, frees it from the dullness of evil, satisfies and infuses it with a joy that does not pass. It is the better part. Therefore, Mary gives it first place. She stops and listens. The rest will come after. Hashtag gospel of the day. For July 17th, by the way. Wow. That's kind of dated. That's like months old. <laughs> like a whole bunch of them. It's hard to do the math. It's so many. Uh, well, I'm glad he so, uh, actually like quoted the scriptures in this one that she has chosen the better part. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, um, I find that a little less offensive. Can, can you pop that up again, Peter? Yeah, sure. Sometimes I need to hear it and then read it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I read it out loud and then I got to read it quietly to figure out what I just said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's got kind of these modern buzzwords like the dullness of evil. Right. right. Like That's, uh, yeah, I don't know that one. You know, it's kind of a like evil, you know, banal evil as like, or banal evil that is just kind of simple and moronic. You kind of see it right. show up in C.S. Lewis, right? In Prelandera. And, right. Yeah, so, like, if, like if you have like, like someone who just in a, mows a whole bunch of people down in a mass shooting and you say, which I probably shouldn't take about this. <laughs> but... But you say, well, maybe if that guy was rescued from the dullness of evil, right? <laughs> you know, that <laughs> yeah. Seems... <laughs> yeah, it kind of um, it kind of takes away the the malevolence of it all, right? It's a, right. It's kind of uh, it's like, well, you know, people are evil because of the system. You know, if they mm. just weren't bricks in the wall, we'd all be great, right? You know, That's so. A- but you know, it seems like p- part of our liturgy, I think, talks about the maybe the sharpness of death. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Like one of our liturgical, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the Tadeum, the Tadeum, yeah, it is the Tadeum. Okay, and to me, that makes sense. The sharpness of death, whereas the dullness of evil just stands out as like a, I don't know, I guess a metaphor or turn of phrase. I'm just never heard it that way before. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a wrong thing. I think a lot of evil happens where people don't even, you know. They slough off responsibility. Yeah, mm. kind of. Yeah, and I think a lot of this comes from the Second World War, where at the Nuremberg trials, where people just said, "Well, I was just doing my job. I'm not responsible." Right. You no. Know? So. Right. All right, you got another one, Pete. Oh, we got to rate that one. I would say that one's a four for me. Yeah, f- four. Yeah, between four and five. I don't know. It's just so. Yeah, it it quotes the scriptures, right? Which is mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, just too many modern buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Just use the Bible. Right. And and I do like that. You know, I don't like the she gives it first place. I hate that terminology. Make God number one in your life. I don't. 
you know, but I I do think that is. I'm like, sorry, did that I didn't offend you about your last sermon, did I? Pick oh you? no, I I understand. I'll get it better next time. All right, all right. Here's the next one. Let's go, Victor. <laughs> Every time I'm about to read, man, you do the voice. <laughs> all right, dear priests, be patient with the faithful, always ready to encourage them. Be untiring ministers of God's forgiveness and mercy. Never be harsh judges, but loving fathers. Hmm. I, uh, I mean, there's some wisdom to some of that. You know, um, just seeing what he says, I can agree with it. But what he, what he means by forgiveness and mercy is different. <laughs> yeah, I, uh. This is this is kind of like Rehoboam's son when he goes to war with Jeroboam. Like, the dude says all the right things. It's like an Orthodox sermon, but you can, you know, he really doesn't have faith. Right. You know, and that that's kind of the thing here is like, you can say a lot of good things and then use it to justify a lot of bad things. Right. And I, and I don't like the... I don't like the... The never be harsh judges. I mean, me neither. I mean, there is a time to be a harsh judge against false doctrine, for example. Right. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, Jesus calling people whitewashed tombs and, you know, chucking tables and money all over the temple. I mean, right. Hashtag. What would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this gets. Uh, I would say this is a three for me. What do you what do you got, Berg? Yeah, that sounds about right. I you know I mean there's a lot of good here, but it once again it's not just the words, but what's the intention? You know, is it to say well you know keep letting people who want to murder babies up to mass? Mm. You know, so right. Next up. Accumulating. Wait, wait. Oh. Let's go. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Accumulating material goods is not enough to live well, for Jesus says that life does not consist in what one possesses. It depends instead on good relationships with God, with others, and even with those who have less. Hashtag Gospel of the Day. He started off so good. Right. 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 Like, like the good relationships. Uh, yeah. That's too much like the stuff I see on Reddit all the time where um, I go to different subreddits like uh, Christian marriage where people give each other marriage advice. Uh, some of it pretty good. Some of it not so good, but they, they're trying. And they all say things like uh, they kind of evangelical non-denominational phrases like oh well i have a personal relationship with jesus and and i and i feel led to do this or say this or whatever and um that's that's the alarm bell that goes off in my head when i start seeing an emphasis on uh, the relationship it's not like it's completely false you know of course well we it is in this way it's a cop out hmm. they're 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 what they're doing in that situation is they're going to say they're they're doing it is is i'm not really responsible for my actions God led me to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're they're hiding. They're hiding. They right. they they're they're hiding behind behind the in their decisions in their marriage behind well, I feel like God 
has led me they're going to make probably that decision decision either way hmm. and they're using now that would be different if they said um uh Jesus taught this hmm. this leads me right 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 the bible says right. this and so i should behave thusly right can you read then it's not a, can you read that last part again that last uh, yeah, little bit so okay so it it kind of follows from the first bit so accumulating material goods is not enough to live well um and it depends instead on good relationships with god with others and even with those who have less that seems awfully patronizing doesn't it yeah. It's like, well, you know, you can be friends with people who have, well, no, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, listen, we should right. develop relationships with people who have less than us. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, it's like, okay, man, you live in the Vatican, surrounded by <laughs> priceless stuff, and you're going to tell us yeah. that, uh, well, yeah, you know, you guys should really be friends with, you know, people who have less than you. Hmm. Right. Well, of course. Duh. Right. It's right. I mean, it's not like it's r- wrong, but, but it's just who it's well, coming from. And the well, way I don't know. It's not yeah. going to pay the bills, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then quote from, you know, when you have a feast, don't invite, you know, your friends, but invite the, the poor and the lame and the blind, right? So that they cannot mm, pay yeah. you back. Like, then quote the Bible. Don't don't be dumb. <laughs> so I will give this one... I will give this one a seven. Yeah. Six and a <laughs> half, I think I will. All right, Vicar, let's go. <laughs> okay, the next one. Hey, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm not going to read it like good that. Good, Vicar. <laughs> good, Vicar. Who's good? Vicar's good. Every day, God passes by and sows a seed in the soil of our lives. Barf. May- I know I'm already going to have to keep going. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, keep it going. Making that seed grow depends on us, on our hashtag prayer, on the open heart with which we approach the scriptures so that it might become for us the living word of God. It might become for us the living word of God. Ten, ten, ten. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was tough. That's like that's ready to go into a, a Hallmark card or something. Yeah, I don't think that was even like full sentences <laughs> sows a seed what does it mean to sow a seed in the soil of our lives i don't know uh well it's a misunderstanding of the parable hmm well and that it is our you know it's in our power to make it grow hmm. <laughs> making it, the seed grow depends on us wow wow can you say that's work mongering Right. I mean, isn't the whole point of the parable of the sower is that God causes a seed to grow? Yeah. Like I, any farmer relies on God that he's going to make the seed grow right. and he's going to send the rain. Right. Isn't that why God uses that as an example? Yeah. And it depends on us, our prayer, hashtag prayer. It depends on our prayer, that the seed would grow if we pray correctly. And if we have the right attitude when we look at the scriptures, then with that correct attitude and open heart, then the scriptures will become, the, for us, the living word of God. So, Berg, do you think when he, he says that, he means, and look, scriptures as we tell you scriptures mean, means, you know what I'm saying? Not 
like um like anybody just reading scriptures if they don't understand it his way that oh they didn't have an open heart like that was the right. that was the glitch if they... I mean apply this to Martin Luther <laughs> well and you know that's the thing is the magisterium has the authorized interpretation of the word of god right you know right and uh this sounds but this doesn't sound like what they officially teach in their catechism this sounds more Barthian, like, you know, if you're just receptive to it, then, yeah. you know, God's word has the potential to be God's word, but it's not really God's word right. until you have this uh, existential experience, you know? So to me, it almost now, sounds now we, more Barthian than, you know. Yeah. Now, I will say I do preach sometimes where I'll say, talk about okay, you need to really listen to this, and I want you to hear this with an open ear. Yeah. And and we had, do talk about being good listeners of sermons. I think I did a top 12 list once of how to be a good listener of a sermon. Mm. Um, and uh, as you listen to all the previous 173 episodes that you've missed, Vicar, oh. you can uh, catch up on those. <laughs> the thing is, is like that, uh, you're right in that, I mean, Jesus says the same thing, right? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The difference is, is that even if the devil comes and snatches the seed out of men's hearts, uh, it's still good seed, right? Mm -hmm. The substance of it doesn't change. Whereas here, it's like God's word is a potential. It's like the gas right. in your car, and if you just hit the ignition, you know, then that's when we get our vroom vroom power, you know? So. Right. Like if you compare this uh, to, for example, the Valley of the Dry Bones, you know, telling those dry bones, these dead dry bones, the power to rise is in you. <laughs> it's within you. Yeah. I hope you're receptive right. so it becomes the living word of God for you. Right. right. Where actually the word of God changes death to life. Right. I mean, if he was talking about sanctification... But he, I guess he can't be because the parable of the seed is about the gospel, not about, not about like um, living our life as Christians. But if it was, then okay, yeah, we have to cooperate in our sanctification. But I don't think that's what's going on here. I think he's making it that the gospel um, salvation depends on us. It's essentially what he's saying. Yeah. All right, we have time for one more. Yeah, we got a few more. Oh, we never rated that one. I well, Bigger I just, he no, said ten. He was yelling ten before he could even right. get to the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that a ten too. Okay. I will concur with my brother. Right on. All right. Next Let's up. Let's go, Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, here it comes. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Love, fills us with love, makes us feel loved, and teaches us how to love. It is the motor. Of our spiritual lives. <laughs> Hashtag Pentecost. Oh, you know what? This this song, this finally <laughs> explains the song Sister Christian to me. Hmm. Sister Christian. I'm sure that's your generation, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? It is. I'm trying to remember who does the song. I can't think of it. Uh, Motorin. <laughs> He used the motorin because yeah. Sister Christian and motorin, the motor of our spiritual lives. Oh, I was thinking of a cake song myself. Oh, 
Which one? Uh, oh, go in the distance. Uh, or Satan is my motor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Short skirt and a long dress. <laughs> is that cake? I didn't get it. Yeah, that's cake. <laughs> I mean, so this one is kind of effeminate, but mm. it's it's as far as these have gone. This is probably one of the better ones. Right. Because the Holy Spirit actually does those things. It's just kind of... Yeah. The, the kind of... the It almost sounds like the romantic type of... Mm. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of love. Um, Is it... The scripture actually... I, I, I'm going to sound stupid. I don't remember <laughs> the spirit actually being called the spirit of love. Do I can't you? think of that either. Christ's spirit. It's the spirit called. of truth in John. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, he's probably taken a page from Augustine's book where the Holy Spirit is, you know, uh, the personification of the love between the Father and the Son. Okay. And, um, you know, we also say, you know, and the fellowship or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Well, within that communion, obviously there's love, right? Mm-hmm. Um but you and know, he's using he's using this for Pentecost. Does that change anything? It might. Well, not. He's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, right? The thing is, mm-hmm. he's he's forgetting the most important part, right? That the Holy Spirit creates faith. But for them, obviously, love is more important because faith has to be formed by love in order for it to be salvific, right? right. So he is going to focus. Not by fear. Yep. Right, he's going to focus more because right. he says a lot of good things. Right, the Holy Spirit is the motor, right? It's the animating principle, or however you want to say it. Right, um, mm-hmm. so there's not bad stuff here; it's just incomplete, and so that's why right. I'd, I'd probably give it like a three or a four. Um, he, he's a he's a motor, but you know you do have to check the oil once in a while. <laughs> Put some gas in there. I like how there's little quotey marks for motor in case we accidentally thought it was literal. <laughs> right. Well, do you know what that is? Is that he had to put motor in there because he's afraid that all the the electric car people are going to be mad at him. Greenhouse. <laughs> Don't you think? No, because they have electric motors he's a green pope, right? <laughs> he is a green pope. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's got to pick, pick his battles. <laughs> Now, since you said Green Pope, all I'm thinking of is like the Hulk dressed up as the Pope. The <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I mean, if we could find a picture like that, producer, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Then, then, what, that, what would that? What would a the a, a Hulk Pope sound like? Uh, pope smash. <laughs> That's a smash. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> All right, we have one more. <laughs> uh, there you go. There we are. <laughs> That's great. We do have another one. All right, here it comes. Let's go. Let's go. I encourage all of you to invoke the Holy Spirit often during the day. His good and creative strength allows us to go out of ourselves and to be a sign of comfort and hope for others. Mm. Good and creative strength. That's a weird. Well, I, I would say this. I would say, as Lutherans, uh, most shy away from praying for the Holy Spirit, which is wrong. We should be praying for the Holy Spirit. Would right. you say, Berg? 
I agree, hundred and ten percent. Um, so that part doesn't, you know, Luther talked about this more, and I think we're afraid to sound like uh, like uh, you used to be. Yeah, right. That if you, uh, if you misunderstand the role of the Holy Spirit. Right, but we right. actually do pray for the Holy. Now we don't mean uh, like we talked about. Well, it's probably been over a month now. The immediate and immediate. Right. That he whole speaks through us right. through through means. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. I mean, this is uh, one of the most relieving things about becoming Lutheran from Pentecostalism is finding out the proper work of the Holy Spirit, which is to continuously point us to Christ and uh, and not, like, be the, the battery, or the motor of miracles and signs and, and chaos. And in a way, he sounds Lutheran here because the use of the overuse of the word encourage. Um, yes, I encourage all of you. <laughs> well, and once again, it's like... The Holy Spirit gives you the power to do it, but it's like uh, right. your favorite cartoon from the 90s says, right? The power is yours, right? <laughs> it's yeah. not It's not actually that the Holy Spirit changes us. He just simply gives us the, uh, the choice hmm. to do so, right? Right. Well, and it, it's very lacking in Christology, too, because what is empowering us, what the Spirit is empowering us to do according to this tweet is to get outside of ourselves and be a sign of comfort and a sign of hope for others. I mean, like maybe because, you know, we're all Christians here, we, we kind of read into it that he's talking about, you know, the gospel. But, you know, it's not in there, not explicitly. But, but isn't that the thing, though? Like every, every religion does this hmm. where they, they speak for Christ the things that Christ doesn't actually say. And right. I mean, are they reading between the lines or something? But he, his good and creative strength, okay, I would say creative is a good word, except what does he mean, like, like creating or, like, you know, thinking outside the box? <laughs> well, yeah, because it must be the outside the box variety because it gets you outside of yourself. If whatever that means, I think it means it emboldens you, perhaps, is what it yeah. means. Well, and you uh, could even say, you know, we use the language of incurvatus est, right, that we are curved in on ourselves and that God mm. actually gets us out of that. So, I mean, you could, he could mean that. I just, I don't actually, it's hard to I know, know what it is. I, I bet uh, he was, he was just talking to his Quaker friend and just got him upset. You know, the Quaker, oh, have a moment of si- silence. Think of yourself. The, the truth is in you. <laughs> yeah. I'll give that one uh I don't like that one. I'll go with a eight. Yeah, I don't know. I six maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Let's do more. all right. Well, maybe two more if I can find one more. more. Huh? Okay. <laughs> that one looks so terrible. <laughs> uh, I gotta read it, man. No fair. <laughs> oh, you gotta get me started with the voice. Well, let's go, Victor. <laughs> all right, I will read the next one. We are unique, free, and alive, called to live a love story with God, to make bold and firm decisions, to accept the marvelous risk of loving. Uh, Uh, But what's worse than 10? (laughs) That's a drag. Let's see. I think I know someone named Unique. (laughs) Is it spelled properly or... (laughs) Because I think there's a lot of unique spellings of unique when it starts getting used as a name. So we are unique, 
free and alive, called to live a love story with God. Uh, yeah. Nine, uh, ten, <laughs> eleven. To make bold and firm decisions to expect ex- accept wow. the marvelous risk of loving. See, this okay, my wife, This yeah. sounds like okay. uh like a Disney movie. This is mm. I mean Yeah. Like, yep. I was going with a paranormal romance because uh I might be married to somebody who reads paranormal romance and they okay. kind of go like that. Okay, I've just got a million dollar idea. Like if someone carries this out, okay? You have to promise to give 10% to the clerical heirs, because you know we're not good at carrying things out of the show. Ah. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to do this, uh, but maybe someone will. Is what if you took Pope tweets and made them into fortune cookies? Yeah, that would be. Awesome. Now read this again. Okay, imagine this as a fortune cookie. Well, I got to change the pronouns a little bit. Yeah. You. No, no, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't make you do a fortune cookie accent. <laughs> you get canceled. Yeah, you totally get canceled. Get canceled. <laughs> especially in this political climate. Right, especially <laughs> after Wednesday. <laughs> All right. You are unique, free, and alive, called to live a love story with God to make bold and firm decisions to accept the marvelous risk of loving. Tell me he did not steal that from a fortune cookie. I, I kind of wonder, yeah. No, I, I mean, I still, he, yeah. he got this from, like, uh, women of the traveling pants Bible study or some <laughs> kind of nonsense. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking billionaire werewolf and the voluptuous woman that loves him. That's that's the kind of book I think it came from. I right. wouldn't mind well, being a, billion, a, a billionaire werewolf. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I would actually like him just to to to, to, to say, like, Bold and firm decisions uh, to confront evil. Yeah, that's that's way you know more what I mean? manly, right. right? Like bold and firm decisions to to actually speak stronger on abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just you, you know, that's not the risk of loving. That's the real <laughs> risk here. Yeah, yeah that's just, harsh judgment. You just We'd... have to open yourself up, Bullhagen. Start loving. <laughs> Break down those calluses in your heart. <laughs> All right. Just let the oh, universe okay. flow in. <laughs> I got a couple more quick ones. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. We're on a roll. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Rural women have much to teach us about how effort and sacrifice enable us to build the fabric that ensures access to food, the equitable distribution of goods, and the possibility for every human being to realize their aspirations. Hashtag Rural Women Day. Socialism. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got that. <laughs> Goodness. Why is it just well, rural women? And, well, yeah. and, and, then, and then he uses, yeah, that's the thing is like, yeah, rural women do have a lot to teach us. But, this, but then it always comes back to, you know, um, equal goods and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a socialist. Hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, he's from South, you know, the South America countries. Uh he's got that liberation theology going on which is you know, it, it's Christian theology that's taken on aspects of Marxism and socialism and you know. And it's it's pandering. Hmm. Don't you think? Your LWML would love that if you read that to them. All right, rank it on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm going to give that a 
Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. And then uh, this is wow. maybe my favorite Pope tweet. Oh man, <laughs> let's <It> is... go. <laughs> okay, here it comes. It is time for sleeves to be rolled up so dignity can be restored by creating jobs. <laughs> that's it. That's that's, that's a... it. That's the Pope's tweet. It's time for okay. That seems a uh, vague. Sleeves to be rolled up. Okay. Okay, so I, okay, I'm rolling up my sleeves. Yeah, let's do that. We'll roll right. up our sleeves. All right. You and notice probably your sleeves are a little tighter from being on the lifting program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost have to tear them off now. Uh, but the... Uh, and I guess thereby having rolled up our sleeves, we have enabled dignity to be restored by creating jobs. Wait, no. That didn't work, though. We rolled up our sleeves, and I don't think a single job was created. Right. Maybe sleeve makers or something. Well, the, the thing is... I think it goes back to the socialist thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the imagery is definitely like that Soviet propaganda poster of the rolled-up sleeves and the, the proletariat and all that. With right. And, hard hats. And, and and the government that says, we need to create more jobs mm-hmm. while they, you know, creating jobs is not really, a, they do a very good job. Well, and, right. and then to place <laughs> human... bureaucrats. And then to place human dignity within uh, your ability to work. Well, what about those who are retired? Or in the nursing home, or what about children? Right. Uh, do they have no dignity? They yeah, don't, they don't work jobs. Okay, I'm sorry. I just lied. I I found one more. <laughs> it's okay. it's an older okay. one. So we're already reaching way back to 2021. Yeah, so this one, I but... I I just did a quick Google because I was just <laughs> th- scrolling through his feed to find stuff. Here's one from 2017. Okay. This okay. is my new favorite. Reaching way back to 2017. Jesus entrusted to Peter the keys to open the entrance to the kingdom of heaven and not to close it. Okay. Huh. Oh, there's so much wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much wrong with that that, I mean... um, First of all, to Peter, right? Right. Yep. So let's start there. Okay, so... And our confessions talk at length about that. And I don't know. Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? No. Maybe we we'll should. We'll have to do I that. I think we did, like, maybe, maybe. three weeks ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is is this referring to the Office of the Keys? Because if it is, you know, they, they loose and they bind. They don't... They go two directions, I guess. Maybe he's thinking that Christ desires all to be saved, and he gave it to them. So that to win your brother over? Well, is see, that what he's thinking? He is the vicar of Christ. He has the keys. Oh, he's he the is, descendant of Peter. He's not going to close heaven. Hmm. Oh. Got it. That's what he's saying. He's talking about himself. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Berg. You opened that up for me. <laughs> so... Womp, 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 womp. All right. So I think we can say that the, the Pope is not great at tweeting. Yeah. Well, he's I'll, better than I'll we are. I'll be honest, though. <laughs> I was really, really hoping for a hashtag blessed somewhere in there. I didn't see yeah. it. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping for a multi-level marketing hashtag, you know. <laughs> Here's some essential oils or something like that. Yeah, by the way, go back to that. Uh, I want to see that Hulk picture. <laughs> Ah. Okay. All right. Here's my statement. 
everyone who went who is a pastor went to seminary with someone who looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. <laughs> oh man. Actually kind of no, I can't say that. Yeah, I like that one better. That's awesome. Oh, there's one with the actual I don't know what that Pope hat is called. I call it a Pope hat, and I'm sure it's not really called that. Why are there so many pictures right. of the Pope as the Hulk? There's like not <laughs> an know. insignificant number of That's funny. Hulk Pope pictures. We should post we should post the best three on our Facebook page. Uh maybe, or maybe tweet. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should say at this point that we're recording this from the past. As we record this, what? it is August thirty first. I I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so are you all right, Peter? So uh, <laughs> if I forget to post the Pope, don't bother me about it because it was a month and a half ago, or a month ago. Oh, uh, well, you just Peter. Do you know what you've done? You've taught me that I need to be nicer to Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost of Christmas yet to come. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> that, was, that was bad. <laughs> hey, I got I it. That, the okay. joke was ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> so all that said, if we did actually uh, accidentally uh, say, say something, something offensive, offensive about, about something, something that actually happened, we're sorry, <laughs> and we didn't mean it, because we didn't know that that thing was going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. We're just showing... How hard it is to be a prophet. Right. That's true. Like, <laughs> except that football thing. We totally knew about that one. <laughs> right. Right. I We're, mean, that's, I mean, it doesn't take a prophet to know that Nebraska football stinks right now. It's crazy they decided to pass <laughs> on that one instead of just running it in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just really hope the Pope doesn't like pass away in the next few weeks. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, <laughs> Last tweet. Peace out, bro. <laughs> I think we're out of time. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right. I am Bullhagen. I am Berg. This is Vicar. And may your tweets be a solid eight and a half. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.